Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Pagans Tonight Radio Network, the voice of the pagan world. Pagans Tonight is sponsored by Witchschool.com, your anyone, anytime, anywhere magical education. And hello, this is Reverend Don Lewis coming to you from beautiful Florida, and this is Elder Talk Radio. And as you know, if you follow Elder Talk Radio each month, um, Aurelian First Priestess, the Most Reverend Stephanie Neal, uh, Paladin General, Right Reverend Sir Ed Hubbard, First Elder, Right Reverend Alyssa Maxson Kemp, and I, Aurelian Chancellor and First Priest, uh, Reverend Don Lewis, uh, each take a turn expounding on the subject of the month. Each month it is a different subject, and each of us approach it in our own separate ways. And the purpose for this, the reason that inspired it, is the idea that a, a single subject can be approached from many different points of view from within the same tradition, from um, the basic same understanding, and yet uh, still have a wide continuum of um, ways of approaching it, ways of expounding upon it. This month, our subject is Sovan, uh, the, uh, the great festival of the dead, and for uh, many religious witches, many, many Wiccans, the liturgical new year. And uh, I'm going to have a few things to say about this. Um, and I guess the first thing I'm going to address is pronunciation. And you know, to some extent, to paraphrase a famous uh, saying, I think that uh, pronunciation is the hobgoblin of little minds. Um, with most words in the English language, many words in the English language, there are actually several ways they can be pronounced. And getting too upset about pronunciation is really rather silly. Uh, when we're talking about non-English words being used by English speakers, the, um, the likelihood of mispronunciation is high. Uh, but, you know, that's partly because, in most cases, they may never have heard the word pronounced by a native speaker. In the case of Samhain, there are actually a number of Gaelic pronunciations for the word. It, it depends on whether you're speaking Irish Gaelic or Scottish Gaelic, um, what dialect you're speaking within that. There, there are a number of uh, pronunciations. Granted, Samhain is not one of them. Um, but even then, I think that um, people get too dramatic over how this word is pronounced. And, um, you know, it can be Sawan, it can be Sawan, it can be Sawan, it can be Sawan. Um, and each of these is correct somewhere and others. Uh, and there, there's a wider range of pronunciations you'll hear than those. Uh, so my advice is to uh, to not sweat the small things and um, not worry too much about how the word is pronounced, particularly if you're not a speaker of Gaelic, because chances are you don't actually know how it should be pronounced anyway. Uh, Gaelic is a very specific language whose spelling rules are very different from English. And again, there's not just one Gaelic pronunciation either nor is there just one Gaelic. There uh, are both Irish and Scottish, 
Scottish versions and dialects within these. Uh, the second thing I want to talk about is the history of the Samhain holiday. Uh, Samhain is a very ancient holiday. It is a Celtic holiday. Um, it is preserved among the insular Celts, um, but was definitely also practiced on the continent. Uh, in the famous uh, Colony calendar, uh, the holiday appears um, under a Romanized version of the name. I believe it was Samonios. Um, so it's a very old, widespread holiday, and it had the meaning then that for most modern modern Western pagans it has today. It was the festival of the dead and the beginning of the new year. Most new year festivals have an aspect of being a festival of the dead or a festival of the uh, overturning of the natural order. So you'll see, for example, um, other New Year's festivals will, will often have uh, some of these same elements. Uh, Saturnalia in Rome, which although not technically a New Year's festival, coincided with the coming of the New Year and turned the, the whole social order on its head. Uh, as the old year died, uh, April Fool's Day, which was attached to a former new year in the spring, uh, does the same thing. And it should be noted that for much of the Western world, at one time, New Year's coincided with the, uh, the perceived entry of the sun into Aries. And so it would be around the time of the uh, spring equinox or the first of that month. And um, the first of the month closest to it. And this actually was not uncommon in religious witchcraft when I was young back in the 70s, uh, although it's relatively unheard of now. Pretty much everyone has gone to Soen as the liturgical new year. Um, Soen was preserved in part because it was adapted uh, to the usage of the Catholic Church, where it became All Souls Day. Uh, and uh, many Roman Catholics still celebrate some variation of this holiday as well. Um, and often with older non-Christian elements as part of it. And you'll see this in the, um, the Day of the Dead celebrations um, in Spanish-speaking areas sometimes. Uh, the actual stated holiday is Roman Catholic, but the customs uh, are indigenous. And that also is true of All Souls Day. The, um, the holiday was part of the Roman Catholic Church calendar, but the customs were older and adapted from uh, Celtic and, and other usages. Uh, now, it is worth noting that the Celts were not the only people who had a major holiday on this date in, the, in ancient Europe. The Romans also had um, the Pomenalia, which had some of these same features also, uh, celebrating the death of the summer and the coming of winter, and was very much involved in the turning of the season. And um, Pomenalia in particular was connected to uh, apples, and Pomona was the goddess of apples. And apples have always been fairly important in um, what we might call the Halloween tide celebration. Personally, I don't see the need to draw a big distinction between Soan and 
Halloween uh, or All Souls Day because they really are all part of a single continuum. And they kind of run together at the edges, even if they do have a distinct identity as well. Halloween, obviously, uh, as it exists now, is a secular holiday, uh, like Christmas, which um, is long cut free of its religious connotations that it once had, um, whether to the Christian celebration of Christmas or to the pagan rule. Uh, it has become its own secular celebration, and Halloween has a lot of that also. Uh, but Samhain uh, certainly is still celebrated and is, the um, again, the liturgical New Year for most religious witches. Now, one of the things that I like to bear in mind uh, in recent years is that when we are celebrating Samhain, in the, south, in the southern hemisphere, they're celebrating Beltane, uh, which is the opposite festival, the festival of life. Both of these were considered to be the hinges of the year by the Celtic people. Both were considered a very magical time uh, when the gates between the worlds were particularly open. And um, I've come to see a lot of significance in the fact that the two hemispheres celebrate opposite Sabbath. And um, I think that it adds to the understanding of each one. So when we look at Solon as the festival of the dead, but consider also Beltane, the festival of the living, what we see, in my opinion, is that gate between the world. Uh, you go through it, you come back. Uh, it is a cycle. And... At, uh, at Soen, we focus on one. At Beltane, we focus on the other. But one is merely the obverse and the other the reverse of the same gate. And I think that this is an important thing to, to bear in mind when dealing with the holiday. And, of course, Soen is all about the ancestors, all about um, the spirits of those who have gone before. And people observe this in different ways. For many people, it's about honoring their ancestors. In the more secular Halloween celebrations, uh, there's an element of fear of the dead, um, which really doesn't have a, a place, in my opinion, um, in, West, in, 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 in Corellianism, certainly. Um, but it is a time to honor those who are your ancestors either by blood or by affinity, and a time to consider how they have impacted your life, and perhaps also consider how you may have impacted theirs. And equally important to consider your own role as a future ancestor. Um, we normally think of the ancestors, and I suppose this might be a function of age, but we normally think of our own ancestors and how they impacted us. But when you come to a certain age, you realize that you're going to be an ancestor yourself if you had not realized it earlier. And I think we must all ask ourselves, are we being good ancestors? Is the world we're going to leave to our descendants better than the one that we received ourselves, or at least comparable? Uh, and have we done our best to ensure that? And I think that this is a time to stop and consider those questions. And if the answer is no, how can we change that answer to a yes? 
if we have not made a better world through our life, as long as we're living, we can still change that. Um, I will have to say that as I look at the world as it is today with with all its perils, I don't know um, that I would say it's in a better place than it was when I was young. But I will say that um, to some extent only the fears um, have changed because you know, today we worry about climate change, as we should, and we, we should be addressing it. But when I was young, we were worried about nuclear war and eventually did, to some extent, address it. Um, we must look at those things that concern us for the sake of our descendants, or even if we have no physical descendants, for the sake of the future. And as we believe in reincarnation, we have no reason to think we're not going to come back to this world and how we left it. So we're really preparing it for ourselves as well as other descendants. When we return through reincarnation, are we going to be happy with what we find? And if we're not, we can work on that now. We don't have to worry um, about waiting to that future life to, to confront those things. We can confront them now while they're being built and hopefully change them. This is part of what our Quellian Peace Prayer campaign is about about trying to, um, those energies of hatred and division which are tearing the world apart uh, in order to build a better future. I will have to say that um, a lot of what, what we see at this time, I think, is the releasing of long festering poison uh, that uh, perhaps will burn their way through to some extent before we return in our next incarnations and that perhaps that will be good. Sometimes I look at the conflict in the world and wonder, how can this possibly uh, go to a good place? But then I think that, that perhaps what we're seeing is the lancing of the wound, and perhaps our peace prayer campaign has done good in bringing these things to the surface, even though in many ways it looks as though it has gotten worse. But you know, with the moments, um, it's when, when the fever is worse that it breaks and then things get better. And so I'm hoping that's what we're seeing. And I think this is also something appropriate to consider at the time of the Southern holiday. Uh, not only what is, what is currently the world of the ancestors, but what the world of our descendants will be when we are ancestors. And I would hope that all of us have some mindfulness of this. Uh, obviously, some will always be more mindful than others. That's only expected. But the more mindful we all are, the more change we can possibly make. Uh, this last weekend was the Parliament of the World's Religions, and the Parliament has climate change as one of its major fo focuses. And um, it's certainly a, a difficult situation to deal with because many people don't want to deal with it at all. Um, I often point out that I first heard the concept of climate change when I was quite young, back in the 1970s, in metaphysical circles. Uh, people 
generally believed in metaphysical circles, that the seasons were dissolving and realigning, that the climate was going to go through a major change, that the earth was going through a major climactic change, um, that would leave it very different. And um, at that time, people of a scientific bent scoffed at this idea and thought we were very foolish to think that. So it's interesting to look 40 years later and see how, how that position has changed. And what was then a weird metaphysical quirky idea uh, now is pretty much universally acknowledged in the scientific world as true. I also remember what those metaphysical people said was going to be the final outcome of this. And since they were right about it happening, I tend to believe they were right about the outcome. And that is that in the end, we would survive and would have a different uh, world in terms of our weather and our seasons. But that within a generation or two, um, we really wouldn't even remember how it had been. Uh, it would simply become the new normal. I think that in going forward, we need to be mindful of the idea that we will survive this, which means that we must look at it and must attempt to shape it in the direction that we most prefer for it to go. What it's not going to do is go back to where it was. Um, and also, I don't know how far away it's going to land either. Um, but one of the things about these last two years and the pandemic that um, I certainly noticed was how fast things began to bounce back uh, when human activity was was cut back, that, uh, that nature seemed to be able to regenerate a lot faster than we had thought. And that gives me a lot of hope for dealing with, um, with climate change, that there is more opportunity um, to build a better future in this regard than we often like to think. Soen is the festival of the dead, although, you know, they, they don't necessarily like to be called dead. Uh, one, of the, one of the ideas of Soen is that you will be more aware of those who are in spirit at this time than at other times. I don't know. Personally, as a medium, I work with I work with the spirits all the time, and I notice no difference in this season. Uh, perhaps if I were not a medium, it would be otherwise. Um, I'm going to have to say at this point, I don't know that I have any way to know that because I am what I am. For me, the spirits are always there. They can always speak. And I notice people have a lot of ideas um, that I do not find to be true in interacting with those who are in spirit. Um, I find that they're always there. They can always interact with us. Uh, they do not need any kind of artificial mechanisms do so and um, and for the most part if they are interacting with us it's in the nature of spirit guides with the intention to assist now there are spirits that are caught between the world and they can be more disturbed in their disposition but if you are practiced with energy work this should never be a problem for you because um, 
you would know how to handle it. One of the things that you should do if you find a spirit trapped between the worlds is try to help them to cross forward. Uh, that is the best thing to do. Uh, if you are able to do that, if the spirit is belligerent, you ground the energy. Once the energy is grounded, nothing can happen. Um, of course, this wipes out pretty much all Hollywood horror films, but what are you going to do? I enjoy horror films. I've always enjoyed them. And I find that um, it's a very entertaining art form from my point of view, but certainly nothing resembling metaphysical reality. Uh, one of the most interesting things about horror films that I remember, uh, years ago, a friend of mine observed that um, people who were raised Christian versus people who were raised pagan reacted very differently to movies such as The Exorcist. The person in question, um, even as an adult who had become a pagan, still found it a frightening horror film. On the other hand, my niece, who had been raised in Western paganism, um, found it, if anything, boring. Um, it had no relevance to her. On the other hand, the film The Haunting was very frightening to her. Of course, the reason is that the whole demon possession thing um, really doesn't have a lot of relevance in Western paganism, whereas haunting does. And uh, I found that a very interesting observation. And I think that people do enjoy things like horror films and ghost stories um, and the titillation of being a little bit frightened in what's really a safe situation. But it's very important that we not confuse that with actual metaphysics. So having said all of that, I want to wish you a happy sewing uh, celebration or Beltane, depending where in the world you are. And to remember that each of these is a hinge of the year. Each is a doorway. Um, and we both go into and come out of that doorway in our turn in the cycle of life and death. And as you are enjoying your holiday, do think about the future. Think about the world you will return to in your incarnations and what you can do to make that a better future. And with that, I want to thank you for listening. I wish you a happy Sabbat. And until next time, may you bless it be.
Whoa. 